Hey, we're recording now. Awesome. All right. Still ready? Yep. Okay. Hello, everyone. This is Sam Stecker, Superintendent of East Butler Public Schools, bringing you another episode of the NCSA podcast. NCSA is the Nebraska Council for School Administrators. It is a premier organization to increase your professional acumen as a leader in education in Nebraska. And today, I have a friend of mine named Enid. Enid, would you introduce yourself for me? I'd be happy to. I'm Enid Schoenwise, and I'm currently Assistant Superintendent uh, Assistant Superintendent for Human Resources at Westside Community Schools. Uh, prior to that, I was a high school principal at Papillion La Vista South, and um, I had been in Papillion La Vista District as an assistant principal um, prior to that. And then I was a teacher, social studies teacher and coach, um, in Omaha Public Schools and also in Plano, Texas. Awesome. Mm-hmm. Always good to interview a former social studies teacher. Mm-hmm. That, that There's makes lots me, of us out there. You betcha. <laughs> um, now, Mike put me in contact with you because you had presented at uh, an event that NCSA hosted uh, for emerging superintendents, which I can remember back in the day when I went there, uh, when I was still dean of students at Kearney High School. It was a great event. Mm-hmm. It was one of those things that really put me on the right track. And there's advice I still follow to this day. Uh, Senator Roy Baker mm-hmm. was one of the gentlemen they had present, and I remember Roy said the best way to get the next job is to be great at the one you always have. Mm-hmm. That's and great advice. That's great advice, and man, I have just tried to live by that. So in going into this event, I shot up Mike an email and said, who's there that we need to podcast with? Because I'll come on down. Mm-hmm. And he went, Enid, that's who we need to talk to. She'll have a lot of great perspective. She'll have some of that great, great advice like Roy had that mm-hmm. will really be able to resonate with our guests. And then life happened and scheduling stuff. So here we are actually mm-hmm. at the uh, Nebraska State Education Conference when we finally had yeah, some time to sit yeah, down. Yeah. Um, and if I remember correctly, one of the things that they had you talking about was being a really good candidate, resume, mm-hmm. all those different things that maybe have less to do with being great at the last job yep. and letting people know you were great mm-hmm. at the last job. Mm-hmm. And so, Mike, and I thought that would be a great perspective to share with not only our present administrators, but maybe some people who are listening who uh, are aspiring as well. So it's like an extension of that workshop. So uh, that's what we're going to talk about today. But before we get to that, i got to ask you this, because I ask everybody. Okay. Tell, me, tell me about your favorite teacher you ever had. Um, you know, I don't have one favorite teacher. Uh, the good people don't mm-hmm. have just one. I like I that. I have, and, and I'm going to focus on... Um, the staff that we had the year that we opened Papillion La Vista mm-hmm. South that first year. And it was a brand new building. We mm-hmm. were all new staff. We were all mixing together, trying to create new traditions. And, you know, we didn't even have file cabinets the first day. <laughs> and we had some outstanding teachers um, in that group. Katie Settles, Paul mm-hmm. Kunas, um, uh, Jeff Johnson, who mm-hmm. was a former teacher. I mean, and on and on and on. Just the, the people who chose to come over and open a brand new building are those creative people oh, that absolutely. are up for change. And that was such an exciting, work-filled year. But that that staff, I mean, I've been so fortunate to watch and um, appreciate so many good teachers. Mm-hmm. But that staff, that first year was something. And Jeff know, Neenhauser, I mean, I can share your friendship. I can go on and on. I bet you have a huge <laughs> list. And, you know, mm-hmm. that's one of those circumstances, too, with that challenge of opening a new building. And you talk about establishing those, establishing those traditions. Really, I mean, you're establishing a family. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And... It's people that kind of chose that family, mm-hmm. which is not how family normally works. Absolutely. So that's awesome. And and it's been fun, too, to watch a lot of those staff members that were teachers now have mm-hmm. went on to do leadership, and a lot of them are principals. Right on. And, and so it's been fun to kind of watch them grow and develop because they were they were amazing. So yeah. Awesome, which is a great segue to our topic. Mm-hmm. So um, 
let's talk about resume a little bit okay. because that's one of the things that I think a lot of people struggle with. And mm-hmm. there's all these different philosophies. Mm-hmm. Uh, and really putting that resume together uh, as a possible superintendent, I don't think really looks like any resume that may have been in your past experience. It mm-hmm. certainly doesn't look like that first teaching job. So what is, what's some advice you would give people that are seeking that position? Well, you know, what's interesting is that most people don't think about their resume until they're ready for their next job or mm-hmm. thinking about a move. So you draw back to your old resume, mm-hmm. which is, you know, 10 years ago, yes. and things change. Um, so when I was asked to speak with the um, aspiring superintendents, it was on the printed material, the kind of your how you look on paper. Mm-hmm. And so when I, when I talk about resume, I talk about the whole package, your cover letter, mm-hmm. your resume, any other documents, you know, your list of references, mm-hmm. which I would tell people to do separately, don't have it on your resume. Mm-hmm. But probably the, the tip that I think um, maybe we miss here in as educators often is that branding piece. You can do, you can do some really nice things that aren't overdone, you know, no pictures or crazy things, but some real nice branding that you have on top of all of your materials that would include maybe your names or a cute little uh, initials, you know, mm-hmm. off to the side with hmm. some some color. Maybe you use a, a blue around if you're applying for a job that has blue, oh, you, yeah. know, uh, you know, going to somewhere that's, if you're going to Nebraska, you would want to have maybe a red <laughs> little pin line around. Of course. And that same branding with your name and your initials or however you choose to do that, that's classy and classic on your cover letter, on Uh every page of your resume, and on your references so that when they grab those materials, they they know that you've put time into it, but then they go, oh, this cover letter goes with that resume. And this reference sheet, Uh it just all blends together, and it gives you just that little pop um, but makes you a little, sets you apart, Uh but, um, and I think people miss that. Um, The other thing that um, some bigger firms use is some applicant screening technology, Uh and so this is something that I think we that are older, I'm including myself, aren't used to that. And so mm-hmm. looking at the job description mm-hmm. of the position you're applying for and looking at the words that they use in that job description mm-hmm. and making sure that you infuse those words, those skills, those mm-hmm. experiences in your cover letter and resume because sometimes they use technology to screen out. So if you if they're looking for somebody who has skills in Excel and you don't have Excel in your materials, mm-hmm. you may not even make it to a human. So those are some things that are tips that I think people maybe aren't aware of. So And yeah. that is so compelling because you know you're really talking about two different things there that all right, there's a human component and there's a total non-human component. Mm-hmm. And if you don't have both of those on your mind, you're never going to get to the mm-hmm. human component mm-hmm. in some capacities. Absolutely. The other thing I thought was really interesting, I, I, I talked with a colleague of mine recently about mm-hmm. this. And he has been in the same job for a while now, very successful, but looking at maybe doing something different. Mm-hmm. And he's probably said this to me three years in a row. And three years in a row I've said, so have you gotten out your resume? And he'll mm-hmm. say, no. And I went, you're not looking for anything. Mm-hmm. And I think it is true that so often that resume will sit in a documents folder mm-hmm. and we won't do anything with it until we need to mm-hmm. or until something becomes apparent. And I really look at that as at least a yearly essential component of personal professional development. Mm-hmm. If you don't go back and look at how you look at it on paper, because it, it might change not just from year to year, but month to month according mm-hmm. to what you've accomplished mm-hmm. or, you know, initiatives that you've undertook. Uh, it's just, but it's so easy to just leave that in that it folder is. and not do that. Mm-hmm. Um, why do you think, 
Why do you think we avoid that so much? Yeah, I don't know. We're, well, as educators, we're also busy. Yeah. There's not enough yeah. time for anything. Um, and I don't know. We're, most of us are, are about others and are thinking and wanting to help students and mm-hmm. learners and teachers. So to take time and, and kind of update yourself and mm-hmm. put yourself in that position, maybe that's part of it. But, uh, um, but yeah, you're exactly right. You can forget about what you've, committees you've been on, mm-hmm. positions you've held, and then you go back and try to rethink it, and just even the formatting and things like that. But um, I get asked all the time by friends that are educators and that are not educators to look at their resumes mm-hmm. and to help them. And um, people, because they don't do it very often, um, res- resumes are difficult for a lot of people. Yes. And people have some very interesting and what I would say... Uh, um, not the most professional resumes mm-hmm. that they bring to me, and they've worked a lot. I mean, it's just not a skill that everybody has. Well, and I always think of, too, what's something you gain proficiency at that you do once every five mm-hmm. years? Mm-hmm. Exactly. If that is a skill, resume building, resume production is a skill, and you only do it when you need to, mm-hmm. and you, you haven't looked at other ones. Mm-hmm. And you know, that's the thing as educators, too. How often when we were in the classroom did people say, don't reinvent the wheel, steal what's good that's out there. Mm-hmm. There's so many good examples that can people people can look at now. If you Google resumes mm-hmm. and for specific jobs, there are so many opportunities to see, oh, that's really good, or that mm-hmm. fits in with my style, or that's an element of branding that somebody's used effectively that I hadn't thought of. The objective is another, you know, back in the day when, when I first oh, yeah. started, we always had an objective. Mm-hmm. Well, now they don't want an objective. They want a summary, or for superintendent, is an executive summary of what you can bring, not what you want. Mm-hmm. I mean, you know, this all your materials need to be about what you can provide yes. to that employer who's looking. So it's about getting them the information so that they want you. Mm-hmm. And it's kind of a little different than some of us that, you know, are back to the old objective of what you wanted. Now mm-hmm. it's about what can you provide. And, and cover letter, mm-hmm. uh, I think people don't spend nearly enough time on a cover letter because in many cases that cover letter might get you to where they're looking at your resume absolutely and having that hook and you know you don't want to outline on your cover letter exactly what you have in your resume you want to tell a little story you need a hook Mm -hmm. and it can't be very long because they're not going to read you know a three-page letter but something that when you open that first paragraph you're like wow I want to read more this is why this person is unique and specific to the position that they're applying for and including that in that cover letter I am applying for this job because lots of times resumes and cover letters get thrown around oh yes and people apply for multiple jobs and you're like okay what are they even applying for so yes just some basic things now I really like to use that phrase hook in the cover letter Mm because there has to be something in there that makes you stand out that tells part of that story. What do you think some good examples would be for a hook, somebody that's been in administration for a while, has Mm -hmm. had a principalship, and is looking for an executive cabinet superintendent position, what story can they tell? What's their hook in that cover letter that's going to get the resume a look later? Wow, you're putting me on the spot. (laughs) Um, I I would say the the hook that if you need to write it as if you're reading it from the school board or the search mm-hmm. firm, why they think that community, that position is a good fit. Mm-hmm. That's the kind of stuff that gets them to the next letter. They level. They want to know. Wow, I really want to be at Pierce, mm-hmm. and you know, my grandmother grew up in Pierce, and mm-hmm. I've always wanted to get back there. And then I heard this position was open, and I know that they've got this and this that match up with my skills, and mm-hmm. it's been my lifelong. And now it's karma that you mm-hmm. have this opening, and I'm here, or something like that. That's really unique to them and tells about them, mm-hmm. the the applicant, and why they're the 
perfect fit for that community and that position. Something like that. But it needs to be creative and for sure. something like that. You have an example to share with me that uh, you can think of? You know, I... <laughs> Put you back on the spot. Uh, I've read I, some really of, good ones. One of the things that in my present position, I, I love where I'm at right now at East mm -hmm. Butler. And I had been in Kearney since I went to college there in 1993 um, through th multiple positions in Kearney. And when I was applying for East Butler, it wasn't too far from where I grew up. And it was about the same size. And I remember that I, one of my reasons for applying for this position is it felt like coming home. Mm -hmm. And I know that's one of the things that people looked at and went, yeah, we like it if this feels like home. Mm -hmm. That's a good fit. So mm -hmm. absolutely. No, that makes complete sense to me. Another thing that you mentioned that I think a lot of people don't take advantage of enough is having someone else review it for them, mm -hmm. and especially someone who has been through an interview or a search process within the past couple of years, because those things change mm -hmm. uh, from maybe the last time that you had had the opportunity to interview. And one of the things I've loved about being in the superintendency is I've never been in a position in education where there was more help. Mm -hmm. We all want to see each other succeed. Absolutely. And it's such folly to not take advantage of that. Mm -hmm. So when somebody brings you a resume and a cover letter, mm -hmm. what kind of constructive criticism mm -hmm. are you most likely to get them? And, mm -hmm. you know, this is maybe less for people that are applying, but maybe for people that could help someone out, because here's mm -hmm. the deal, if you're listening to this and you know somebody that's applying, <laughs> reach out to them and offer mm -hmm. to help. Absolutely. So those people that are trying to help out, what advice would you give them as they review somebody's cover letter and resume? I think um, a lot of times people are too wordy. I think good mm. bullets with action verbs, you know, mm -hmm. and, and you know, choosing good action verbs is something that people don't don't do a lot. For mm -hmm. example, I've led, I provided, I contributed mm -hmm. as opposed to spearheaded or, mm -hmm. you know, th there's a list of action verbs that I provided the group, um, aspiring superintendents and going through and saying, oh, wow, let's change this up. Let, mm -hmm. You know, you just how you phrase something can change that you are a part of it or you let it mm -hmm. and, and, and shaking that up a little bit. Action verbs are huge. Um, some people, depending on their, um, their career path, where, how they've gotten to where they are, they may want to choose a chronological format, mm -hmm. and that might make, might make sense. But if they've bounced around a lot, maybe they want to really do something more that's about that functional. What are the skills mm -hmm. that they bring? And then not put it in order, because if they have some gaps in their, in their service or they took some time off mm -hmm. or, or they did a quick stint somewhere and they don't want to highlight that. Mm -hmm. um, so, so looking at the, the format... Um, making sure that it's clean, not mm -hmm. full of a bunch of different fonts, and you know what is your format, and be consistent. Use good quality, um, standard type kind mm -hmm. of things. You know, I think I think clean and action verbs are, are probably the biggest piece. And I think that action verb component is such good advice because any one of us that is looking to apply for a position like this will be able to put school improvement on that. Mm -hmm. And I think a great question when you're providing advice is ask people, what did you do with school improvement? Don't just put your own school mm -hmm. improvement team or committee. Exactly. There are so many different roles, mm -hmm. and you have developed so many different assets and skills that are perhaps specific to the job that you're seeking. And if it's just generic school improvement, everybody puts that. Absolutely. If you, if you haven't been on school improvement, mm -hmm. you probably shouldn't be <laughs> headed exactly. in this direction. Exactly. If you don't know what so, it is, that's a problem. Exactly. Mm -hmm. So what is it that you have done because... 
you know, you talk about spearheaded or the research that you've done mm-hmm. or, you know, accreditation. What have you been through? Mm-hmm. And because those are all things that are on a board's mind. We have this coming up or this is a deficiency that mm-hmm. we have that we need somebody who's been through this before. Absolutely. Um, you know, we, you talk about running through a bond election. Mm-hmm. That's one of the things that principals play a huge role in that in some mm-hmm. capacity and that's something that's always on a board's mind have you been through something like that have you been part of those community groups what did you what did your superintendent ask you to do in support mm-hmm. of that mm-hmm. and people tend to forget be skills based action based on that let them know what you've done absolutely I think that's huge mm-hmm. um i've got two more questions for okay. you okay one, gosh, I kind of prepped you, but I forgot to warn you about the last question, but I bet you'll do great. Um, only other part, on the resume, on the application process, any other keys to success that you think everybody ought to know that we haven't mm-hmm. talked about yet? Well, I think that, like you said, have somebody else read it. Still, in this day and age, we still have people who have spelling errors. Absolutely. And, and you know, it's just ridiculous. And if, and if you're going to apply for a position, especially, you know, a, a principal mm-hmm. or assistant superintendent or superintendent and you don't have a clean resume it, you know it shows that you haven't prepared mm-hmm. and if you're not preparing for this which is mm-hmm. your important step to get the job mm-hmm. then you're probably not going to prepare for the work mm-hmm. that's what we think as employers yeah. you know and so I think having having multiple people read it for typos mm-hmm. uh, spelling errors things like that I mean that's common sense um and making sure, you know, people still, and it's not usually at this level, but, you know, teachers still send it to the wrong people. Mm-hmm. And, and I'm not a big person who gets caught on my name. A lot of people are really, uh, I want my name spelled correctly. I'm not that person. But I notice when somebody sends me a letter and my, oh, name's, not, sure. my name's not spelled right. Um, so do your homework. Send it to a person, mm-hmm. not to whom it can concern. I mean, if you're applying for a job, send it to the search firm or the mm-hmm. HR person. Put a name on the on the letter and spell it right. You know, those are just easy things that sometimes mm-hmm. people people miss. Well, and if it's a desirable position, the hope is there are numerous candidates of choice. Mm-hmm. So. I think a board, a superintendent, finds himself in the position where they are not only looking for the right candidate, mm-hmm. but we also need to weed some things out. Mm-hmm. Well, and that kind of and goes back to that customizing, you know, yes. making sure that you write your letter and your resume is about this position, mm-hmm. what they want and what you can give them and that community, not your standard, oh, here's my resume, I send it out to yes. 10 people. No, it needs to be customized to that position and the letter, everything you know, you would have, if you're, mm-hmm. if I apply for three different positions in the next year, I should have three different resumes oh, yeah. and three different cover letters. So. Absolutely. And it's, that's, it, you have to do the work just mm-hmm. like everything else. And, mm-hmm. you know, you can look at that resume and well, I've worked pretty well last time. Mm-hmm. That was last time. Mm-hmm. So that makes sense. Absolutely. Awesome. I think that's great advice. I hope a lot of people take the time to listen to this. And it, if you're looking at a position, you almost need to approach it like, it's a second job that you're doing mm-hmm. at that point in time mm-hmm. to pursue it and pursue it correctly. Uh, you know, Steve Joel likes to say, nobody's going to outwork me for the job that I'm after. Mm-hmm. And Absolutely. this is a huge part of that. Mm-hmm. Last question that I always ask everybody, I'm sorry I didn't warn you about this, but you're going to do great. <laughs> I always like to ask, who is somebody in Nebraska education or leadership? And sometimes people would say, I don't want to do na- Nebraska, I want to do national. Who's somebody that you think everybody in the state in education ought to be following? Oh, like on Twitter? On Twitter or in any capacity. It doesn't have to be Twitter. A lot of people go, I don't want to talk about Twitter. Here's an author that I really like. Or oh. here's another leader that I think you should keep track of. Oh, gosh. There's so many. 
Hmm. Nebraska. Or it could be nationwide. Mm -hmm. Whatever makes sense to you. You know, I, um, and I don't know that here I kind of go back to that one, not having one, but I'm really, um, Dr. McCann has brought to Westside this whole Mm -hmm. personalized learning approach. And we've done, whether it's Dr. Anzuli from, you know, that enrichment piece or all the other people that we're following and Mm -hmm. learning more about how we're personalizing not only instruction for our learners, but personalizing um, Mm -hmm. professional development. And, you know, we all talk about it. And you know, we know what makes sense because not we all learn different things, have interests, you know, our mm-hmm. strengths and, and all of that. So personalizing instruction, whether it's for students or staff, um, and there's lots of different people and that are look at it from different lenses, mm-hmm. and it's hard to do. So um, all the people that are looking into that, and and you know, Dr. McCann has just been an inspiration to our whole district with personalized learning and all the people. So I and, guess I'd go there. And that's a I think that's a great pointer and a great follow because sometimes we tend to forget our teachers are still learners too. Mm-hmm. And what's good instruction for our students is good instruction for our teachers, and that's mm-hmm. how we really increase that their professional accuracy. Mm-hmm. Awesome. Enid, thank you so much. You are welcome. Really enjoyed it. <laughs> uh, last thing I'll say is always, uh, you can find these podcasts on iTunes at the NCSA uh, website link. Um, and if you have somebody out there that has a great story to share, don't be shy about contacting myself or Dr. Mike Delaney, and we will do our best to get in contact with them and bring you another great episode. Thank you so much.